Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And today we're talking about Uncle Vernon. <laughs> I don't have a witty a witty thing to say um, about him. The like world's know. worst uncle. Yeah. The, like the opposite of a fun uncle. Yeah. <laughs> a mean uncle. Well, it is funny because like so there's this like whole thing on like TikTok and just like in like I don't know pop culture about like how you never want to be part of like the dad side of the family it's like the dad side of the family is just like always inferior to the mom side of the family and this is the mom side of the family so that doesn't hold true in this situation I didn't know that that was a thing (laughs) there's just like this like I feel like I've seen funny TikToks where it's like realizing I'm going to be like if it's, like, I only have one brother and realizing I'm always going to be, like, the dad side of the family, like, angry <laughs> faced or whatever. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I don't know that I really agree with that. I feel like I, I got... I mean, I don't. I got some good and bad on both sides. I love it. Yeah, family. I mean, I feel like that's generally <laughs> the case. But I don't think it's, like, one side is way better than the other. Although, like, I do know people who, like really like one side of their family more than the yeah. other side but like that's not not the case for I me. feel like it comes down to the fact that in general men are like socially conditioned to like be like not emotional and like standoffish and so that they don't stay in contact with oh, their like siblings as much yeah. as like sisters do and so I feel like in general maybe like historically people, like, aren't as close with their dad's side of the family. Mm-hmm. If I had to make, like, a broad, sweeping generalization, yeah, analyzing yeah. it, I feel like that would be what I would go for. Like, the explanation. Yeah. That can make sense. I mean, my dad's side of the family is also just, like, a lot bigger. So, like, mm. it's, like, I'm closer, I probably am closer with some people on my dad's side of the family than I am with, like, most of the people on my mom's side of the family. But it's just, like, there's a lot of people, so, like, there's a range of, like... Mm. My mom's family was always, like, really close. My dad's family has, like, been not close. Mm. Like, I mean, like, my mom's family and I basically all grew up in, like, the same town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know your... But my dad's family is, like, away. Well, I've never actually met them, but, like, I feel like I know (laughs) your mom's side of the family. Yeah. But, like, I feel like because of that, it was, like, it's more of a treat... To see my dad's side of the family. Mm, mm-hmm. But, like, my mom's side of the family I just, like, grew up with, like, always being around. Yeah. So they're, like, different. I will say, and then we can move on. My dad's side <laughs> of the family, my dad, and, like, uh, well, I guess it's really only one cousin. But dad's side of the family, more supportive of the podcast, so. Oh. I'd say my mom's Your side, mom's side of the family, definitely. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of my mom's side of the family, uh, our Patreon episode is Anne. Auntie Anne. You would say Aunt Anne. Auntie. Aunt Anne. Auntie Anne. Aunt Anne. <laughs> Auntie Anne is a pretzel chain that I frequent. Oh, yeah, I went there last week. Aunt Anne. I, lo- I went there this weekend. <laughs> Again, I frequent because the kids force me to take them to the mall all the time, and so I'm like, might as well get some aunt hands while I'm here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, do we have any announcements? No. If this comes out late, I apologize. Yeah. Sorry. Listen. The life caught up to us. Yeah. Like you guys, you should just lower your expectations for us. <laughs> Maybe so bad. let's treat like release dates as guidelines, and then if we make it, it's like an achievement, and if we don't make it, it's not a disappointment. Yeah. We're, we're doing our best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking ahead at my June schedule. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. Mm, well, I got all the time in the world this summer, so yeah. I can work around yours. You can just solo over <laughs> I'll just send you voice memos. <laughs> All right, we'll hear from Audrey now. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, should we talk about 
Uncle Vernon. Yeah, I totally forgot. It feels, I was like, did we even say what this episode was about? <laughs> yeah, and it spiraled. Um, it feels weird to say, like, Vernon Dursley. Like, I feel yeah. like he's Uncle Vernon. And it feels weird to say Vernon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, is Vernon, like, a popular name? Because I feel like I've never encountered... Another Vernon. Another Vernon, like, in real life... Or, like, in media. Well, Vernon is from a <laughs> French last name for Alder Tree. Ah. Are there, do we know of anybody who has Wanwood Alder? Uh, oh, I think we do. I feel like we do, too. I feel like we're definitely Because it's not it. Elder. Yeah, it's not Elder. It's Vernon Alder. is a city in California. It's ah. 5.2 square miles. Oh, South I don't know if you can say that's downtown. a city. <laughs> oh, it's like part of Los Angeles. Oh, is it? So it's probably just like a neighborhood. Oh, no, it's five. No, no it is. Yeah, it is 5.2 square miles. And it's five miles south of downtown Los Angeles. It says oh, okay. it's the nearest city to downtown Los Angeles. Isn't that just, doesn't that just mean it's Los Angeles? I don't know. I also feel like city is It's also applicable. a town in Connecticut. What? It's Do I need to road trip? Also, a college in Texas. Um, okay. And I'm still not getting any people. I'm like, oh, it's also a town in Texas. Um, oh, well, that makes sense. Vernon Township, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just still didn't get any people. So, <laughs> it's all places. Um... So I think you'd know it's not a common name. Oh, apparently there's a Vernon, New Jersey as well. That's what popped up. Yeah, there. Vernon Township. Oh, there's a rapper named Vernon. He's a member of the boy group 17. I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, also, the population of Vernon, at, like California, is 112. Did you see that? <laughs> well, it is five square miles. Oh, if there's a lot of people on this Wikipedia list of people named Vernon, but I don't know that any of them are really that noteworthy. Hmm. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, I guess, well, should we look up what the, I should have done this beforehand, but I'm going to look up what Alderwood means. And see if there's any sort of connection there. Because she, the author obviously gave Vernon the name from the Coral has an alder wand. So the description might be a little... Okay. Um, alder is an unyielding wood. Yet I have discovered that it, its ideal owner is not stubborn or obstinate. But often helpful, considerate, and most likable. Hmm. Whereas most wildwoods seek similarity in the characters of those they will best serve, Alder is unusual that it seems in that it seems to desire a nature that is, if not precisely opposite to its own, then certainly of a markedly different type. Um, when it's happily placed, it becomes a magnis- magnificent loyal helpmate. It's best suited to nonverbal spell work. Oh. Suitable only for advanced, most advanced witches and wizards. So, no. There's no well, synergy So, there. like, the Alder Wand is known to be, like, stubborn, unyielding, yeah. obstinate, and attracts people who are not like that. So, like... He is stubborn and unyielding. He is the closer to the wand than the wielder of the wand, which, like, he wouldn't be wielding a wand anyway, so... Yeah. It kind of works. We could divorce it. Um, okay, and so then the the name Dursley, which I'm sure we've talked about on previous episodes, is a town in Gloucestershire, England, and the author has commented that she visited the place as a child and hated it, which likely affected her choice as the surname for the awful family. Um, the town is known for its Victorian history in coal mining. And the author chose the name because it sounded dull and forbidding. So, I feel bad um, for the people in Dursley, but... Yeah, that is kind of rough. Speaking of Victorian English history, 
just so I should have put this in the announcements, I guess, but like quick life update. I have become high key obsessed with the musical six, mm. which is about the six mm-hmm. wives of Henry VIII. I've heard really good things about this musical. If you want to do yourself a favor, just put on the studio recording. There's only nine songs. You can blow through There's it. There's only nine songs. Yeah, it's like a it's a really short musical. It's only eighty minutes. I think it's maybe ninety because they added one more kind of like wrap up song at the end recently, from what I understand. But there's like no intermission. Mm. Um, you there's like a longer recording that has more of like the in between stuff, but like the cast recording is just like the numbers, like the musical numbers. There's only nine of them. So good. Ten out of ten, highly recommend. Um, I saw them do their little. You know how like they do the perf- Broadway performances during the Thanksgiving Day parade. Oh yeah, I saw that and I was like, I like this. And then I never it's followed really up on good. It. I think I would want to see like the actual musical. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna try and see it. It is so good, highly recommend. But anyways, um, his birthday we don't know the exact day. Shocker, but the wiki does list it as pre nineteen sixty one. And I guess, so, like, Lily and James were born in 1960, so I assume just, like, around their age then. I don't know why 1961 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's... I don't know if there's something in, like, the Pottermore writing, because, like, I know there's one about, like, Petunia and Dur- Petunia and Vernon, like, when they first met and stuff, so I don't know if there's, like something in there that would, like, narrow it down to specifically 1960. Yeah. But we do know that Petunia is older than Lily. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Vernon's even older than Petunia, honestly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Petunia, his family consists of Petunia, his wife, Dudley, his son, Harry is his nephew, and not by his choice, and... <laughs> Marge, we know, his is his sister. We don't know, like, anything about his parents or other members of the family. I mean, like, technically, James and Lily are family members, but, like, yeah. That's what we know about the Dursley family. We do know that he, at one point, attended Smelting's Academy because when Dudley starts going there, I guess in the first book is when... I think it's, uh, yeah, it's they might say one. in the first book that Dudley is going to go there, but I feel like they talk about it a lot in the second book, because Dudley's, like, come back from Smelton. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, he talked about how he went there, and how, like, Dudley's going to learn so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, for occupation, we know that he was the director at Grunnings, which is a drill company in Surrey, um... And I think based on the Pottermore writing or something, that it's posited that he started working at Grunnings in 1975 or earlier, because that's actually, I think, how he met Petunia, as she was, like, a secretary oh, yeah. at Grunnings. Um, and then he was the director by 1981, so, like, by the start of the series, or, like, by the start of Harry coming into his life, um, he's the director. So... Yeah, I feel like going back to that birthday pre-1961, like, I feel like it should be, like, a lot earlier if he's director by 81, like, yeah, I would think he's, like, at least 30 at that point, unless, like, he really rose through the ranks really quickly. Yeah, and, like, I, I don't know why, but, like, Vernon and Petunia, their relationship, relationship just, like, seems that Vernon would be, like, you know years older than Petunia, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would get that vibe. Uh, I want to scratch what I just said in that the <laughs> 1975, no, 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 I agree with you, and he, we know he's director by then. The 1975 yeah. thing came because I think in the, like, Order of the Phoenix movie or something, like, in 1995, there's a prop that says, oh. like, 20 years, 20 years. At, at Grunnings. So, like, huh. I don't know, like, obviously that's not really canon, but I feel like it's believable that he's been there since pre-1935. 
Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, a timeline for him and Petunia because they were dating when, when Lily and James yeah. got married, right? And when and Lily that was and James like, were, like, in high school, still in high school, at <laughs> Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, they were dating. Well, so how much older than Petunia's Lily is only Petunia. a year older, I think. Because, okay, isn't it, like, Christmas break of their, like... Because they don't start dating till their seventh year. And it's, like, Christmas break of their seventh year is when they meet Petunia and Vernon for, like, that dinner, right? Um, he was a junior executive when they met. Okay. And Petunia was uh, at, like, Petunia was 19. The first meeting between Lily and her boyfriend, James Potter, and the engaged couple. They were already engaged. So it didn't say, like, when exactly. Yeah. Um, Went badly, blah, blah, blah. Vernon tried to patronize James. James described his... I don't think it says when. Yeah, it doesn't say when. But I feel like we've talked about how, like, we know that Lily and James had to have been dating by at least Christmas yeah. of their seventh year. Because, like, yeah. something happens then. So I think it might be that. Um, and if they're already engaged then, like I said, Petunia's yeah. 19. Yeah. And he, like, what, what do you say? If he's a junior executive, I feel like he has to at least be, like, what, 24? Yeah. And then I feel like that'd be young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways. anyways. Um, his first mention comes on the first word of the first book. Wow. So I'll read. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. They were the last people you'd expect to be involved in anything strange or mysterious because they didn't hold with such nonsense. Mr. Dursley was the director of a firm called Grunnians, which made drills. He was a big, beefy man with hardly any neck, although he did have a very large mustache. Did you actually just read that? I thought you had it memorized. I read it. I had it pulled up, but most of it kind of flowed off the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, like I can... It's like, you know when you, like, know the words to a song, but you need to, like, have it playing in the background? You can't just, like, sing it. It's kind of like that. Like, to start sentences sometimes. I need it pulled up. Um, Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about this first mention. Like, I feel like it's just, like, everybody knows the beginning of the series. And, like, it doesn't really say a whole lot, but what it says is accurate. And it's, like, intentionally painting this picture of Vernon, which obviously every first mention is intentional, but, like, it's, like, straight up just telling us. Whereas, like, yeah. I feel like sometimes we, we, like, go back and we're, like, oh, like, that was a hint yeah. to, like, how, like, this personality trait that we learn later, but this is just, like, Vernon is boring. Yeah. I, like, I know we've talked about this before, so I won't harp on it too much, but the, like, beginning of the series is just, like, so fascinating to me. Like, I feel like I could write a full, like, thesis on, like, the first chapter of the first book. Mm. Just because it's so, like, I don't know. It's, like, so different from the rest of the series. And it's, like, not from Harry's perspective. Harry's, like, barely really even mentioned mentioned in it that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to, I don't know if we've done this or asked about this before, but I'd love to hear, like, if you can remember reading the book for the first time, like, what was your reaction when you're, like, sold this, like, magical story about a young boy and a wizarding school who, like, defeated the world's darkest wizard when he was just a baby, and, like, this is how the book begins? Yeah, I mean... I would love to hear it. Yeah, I, like, obviously, we've talked about how I have, like, no memory of this, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, okay. So, Vernon's Myers-Briggs personality type. 
uh, is ESTJ, and, like, most people on the internet agree about this, and I feel like it's pretty good, pretty accurate typing. Um, we've talked about this personality type a few times. Uh, it's the same as McGonagall, Umbridge, Crouch Senior, and Moody. So all very, like, like, a wide range of characters, but all super, like, authoritative figures, um, and I think that's, like, kind of what comes through. The, like, nickname for this personality type is the executive, so, um, obviously that, like, fits that theme. So, executives are representatives of tradition and order, utilizing their understanding of what is right, wrong, and socially acceptable to bring families and communities together. Embracing the values of honesty, dedication, and dignity, people with the executive personality type are valued for their clear advice and guidance, and they happily lead the way on difficult paths, taking pride in bringing people together. They are often on roles, take on roles as community organizers, working hard to bring everyone together in celebration of cherished local events or in defense of the traditional values that hold families and communities together. So I guess kind of like in this sense, we're going to get more of like a Umbridge Crouch Senior type of executive as opposed to like Moody McGonagall type. Um, as with Vernon, like tradition and order and things being socially acceptable are obviously so important. Like we, that's the whole basis for the first mentioned that Katie just talked about um and I like how it emphasizes like using their their understanding of what is right wrong and socially acceptable so like obviously those are kind of subjective things and we know what Vernon's stances are and they we might not agree with them Harry certainly doesn't agree with what Vernon views as right wrong and socially acceptable but like he acts in order to guide his family towards the values that like he thinks are correct um and then I also wanted to point out the part where it says that they like lead the way on difficult paths because we really do see Vernon in this very stereotypical father husband leader head of the family like he makes the decisions he takes charge and Petunia and Dursley are just kind of there to follow along and I think part of that is kind of just to like show how boring like the muggle life is right in in such juxtaposition to wizarding families but or like the wizarding families we see and it's also like this very structured quote-unquote proper how it's supposed to be done but it falls in these like gender norms and he's the one taking charge he's the one making the decisions um he's the one working and making money it seems so yeah uh he's He's a leader, we just don't really agree with the way he leads. Um, and then also, like, defense of traditional values, right? So, like, he sees his values that he thinks are important in tradition, and he's very rooted in the past and the way things have been in his life, and, like, he sees magic as, like, a shake-up to that, and not what he's about. So, strong believers in the rule of law and authority that must be earned, executive personalities lead by example, demonstrating dedication and purposeful honesty, and an utter rejection of laziness and cheating, especially in work. If anyone declares hard manual work to be an excellent way to build character, it is executives. So, yeah, rule of law and authority, totally things we've talked about, um, and, like, demonstrating dedication and purposeful honesty like he is dedicated to like his work and his family again it's just like not in the ways that like we want him to be um and then like the rejection of laziness and cheating like I think that's one of the things he like kind of talks about James like I think to Marge he says like oh he like he didn't have a job he was like a good for nothing like uh, didn't work hard, like, didn't do anything, because, like, that's his image of James that he can, like, convey to Marge, um, so obviously that's, like, something that he can harp on that he does not like about James, and it, like, is a reflection of his rejection of laziness and cheating, because, like, we do see, like, Vernon seems to work hard, like, he is always going to work, he seems dedicated to his job, um, so, yeah, I think that fits. 
Executives are aware of their surroundings and live in a world of clear, verifiable facts. The surety of their knowledge means that even against heavy resistance, they stick to their principles and push an unclouded vision of what is and is not acceptable. Obviously, like, the whole, like, uh, owl post thing, like, chapter is, I think that's, or I don't know, I think owl post is in prisoner, but the whole, like, getting the Hogwarts letter, like, that is heavy resistance to what Vernon is trying to achieve, um, and he really is stubborn and stuck in his ways, and, like, I mean, you can view that as a good thing in this personality type, right? Like, the surety of their knowledge, but, like, also we can see, um, Vernon's stubbornness. However, executives don't work alone, and they expect their reliability and work ethic to be reciprocated. People with this personality type meet their promises, and if partners or subordinates jeopardize them through incompetence or laziness, or worse still, dishonesty, they do not hesitate to show their wrath. This can earn them a reputation for inflexibility, a trait shared by all sentinel personalities, but it is not because executives are arbitrarily stubborn, but because they truly believe that these values are what makes society work. Um, so obviously, like, inflexibility and stubbornness, I was just talking about. I thought the, like, expecting their partners to, like, hold up their end of the bargain, and if they don't, like, they can lash out on that at them like I thought that was interesting because I feel like again going back to what I was saying earlier with like Vernon taking on this like head of household very patriarchal role like that is the way we see this family function and that like Petunia always seems so obedient to Vernon and we never really see her like stand up that much um to him like I mean, again, we can say that they're just all... We, it could be that they're always on the same page, but also, we don't know, like, Vernon, obviously, we see him lash out at Harry and, and unable to control his anger, so... Uh, and we could speculate that, like, Petunia does not feel like she can go against Vernon, and, like, uh, I think we've speculated before, and, like, many people in the fandom have, like, whether or not this is an abusive relationship... Um, and in some ways you can see, like, it can, it could look very loving, and, like, they are both have, seem very happy in it, and that's what they, that's the type of relationship both of them want. It's just not really what a lot of people in our day and age want. Um, but, yeah, it also could not be the case. We don't, like, see enough of it or, like, see enough of Petunia's side of things to know fully the case. But I think it's important to emphasize that, like, this is a component of Vernon that we're not sure on, and, like, this personality type kind of fits uh, in that sense. Yeah. So then for strengths, we have dedicated, strong-willed, direct and honest, loyal, patient and reliable, enjoy creating order, and excellent organizers. Um, again, some of those, like, good ones, like, dedicated, strong-willed, honest and loyal, like, those are traits that we see in Vernon. They're just, like, painted as negative from Harry's point of view. But, like, he always does seem very loyal to his family. If in family we just mean, like, Petunia and Dudley and Marge and not Harry and them. Yeah. Um, but he's dedicated. He is strong-willed. We just don't like the thing. We just don't like his will. Um, <laughs> and definitely, like, order and all of that. Like, it's... So much, like, in that way, he is kind of like the other people with this personality type, like, Umbridge, like, I must have order, like, it's funny because, like, Umbridge is, like, and I'll talk about this a little bit earlier, but, like, Umbridge is, like, a blood purist, and she, like, needs order, like, within the magical world, and, like, mm. Vernon is a snob about magic, and he has to have order in the muggle world, and he sees magic as, like, going against that order so interesting points which will come up in my next section um and then for weaknesses we have inflexible and stubborn uncomfortable with unconventional situations judgmental too focused on social status difficult to relax and difficulty expressing emotion uh i think the difficulty expressing emotion blurb says particularly empathy so i think all of those weaknesses are really the like 
sum up the personality of Vernon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, like, what I keep thinking about is going back to that first chapter when he's, like, seeing people in wizard robes and he's, like, there must be some kind of convention going on, like, no person in their right mind would dress like this. Like, it just, like, that, I keep having, like... Like, that is just what is sticking out so much to me. Yeah, he's he just so hates, judgmental. Like, Anything different. The other, the differences, mm-hmm. yeah. Vernon is definitely a xenophobe. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> just wait, I have a fun little tidbit about that later. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's actually really, cu- I, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> that seems weird to say. But, like, it's, uh, I, I had no idea about this. But anyways. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about his quote-unquote parenting, because I'm going to talk about how he parents Dudley versus how he, like, again, quote-unquote parents Harry. Um, we talked a lot about this in our Petunia episode, so if we don't cover something here, I'm sure we talked about it there. (laughs) Um, so... The Dursleys are overly doting on Dudley, and they kind of set him up for failure in this way of uh, basically having him believe that he could do no wrong ever, which then he, like, goes into the world, and, like, while he still leaves, lives in the leads a, like, very privileged life where I still don't think too many people go against him, like, at some point in life, somebody like, he will eventually have to face consequences to Mm. his actions, and I think we see that a little bit in Seven when he starts to realize that, like, the consequences of his actions are that, like, Harry, who was like a brother, he didn't treat him like a brother, but was like a brother, was always kind of a constant in his life, well, like, there's a chance he could never see him again, so yeah, I think that we start to see him kind of, like, come to grips with that, like, his actions do have consequences, Um, Because his parents never taught him that lesson, it seems like. Um, Vernon took a lot of pride in his son. He was definitely very proud of him. You can, like, say all you want about his parenting, and people do. (laughs) But I think he he truly did love his son. He wanted the best for him. He was very proud of him. But I do think that with Petunia and with Vernon, we talk about you know their impact on Harry on Dudley and like their impacts on each other like Audrey was talking about in her MTBI section MBTI section um and we like talk about like was it abusive like in certain cases like yes obviously like their relationship to Harry was abusive was it physically abusive there's never like it's never said and black and white in the series that it was but with Dudley I think we talked about this maybe in the Dudley episode but I think there would be like a case to make that like their parenting was like so extreme that I think like in some ways it did end up being like almost abusive in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and um something that I think is talked about quite a bit is like Dudley's weight and like granted there is an element of like fat phobia that's written into the characters in the book from the author but if we were to just to like think about this as like a real world situation like there are people out there that like think that if you let a child become so unhealthy so overweight that is a form of child abuse you're not like taking care of them this is like what people who believe that would say like you're not taking care of them you're not keeping them healthy you're not you know like there's a whole host of issues that can arise with extreme obesity and like you are there to like help them obviously you don't want them to have all these medical issues that can sometimes come with that um so like that's definitely like an interesting conversation to have as well um about how they treated Dudley Because they're, like I said, it's hard to discuss this without, like, separating the fact that there's, like, inherent fat phobia in the writing of this series. Um, But, yeah, I just think that's, like, an interesting thing to bring up as well because I do think that, like, that was somewhat dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, there came a point in Order of the Phoenix where they had to, like, Petunia overcorrected for this, which I'm sure, like... If it didn't, it sure could have had, like, a dangerous effect on Dudley's, like, body image, his own relationship with food, his own relationship with his body to go from, like, 
getting whatever he wants, eating whatever he wants, becoming as overweight as he is presented in the series to then getting a half a grapefruit for breakfast and being like super and being on a super restrictive diet. I think that like fluctuations like that are not healthy for anybody. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there would have been negative consequences from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to Vernon's pride in his son, one thing he was extremely proud of was Dudley's ability to beat people up, which I always thought was like, I don't know. Like, I know that there are parents out there that are like that, but it's like, what? Like, how can you be proud of, like, your son? You know, and, like, obviously he translates that into boxing, which, like, quote-unquote is a healthier outlet for it. Like, I don't know if I actually believe that. Um, but, yeah. So, like... That's also not great, you know, teaching your son that, like, violence is okay, that violence is in some, in some ways good. Um, he also encouraged Dudley's bullying and abuse of Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's, like, a somewhat modeled behavior, right? Like, we can talk about Dudley's, like, culpability and all of this, and I think we probably have in our Dudley episode, but, like, how much of it was learned, how much of it was because he knew he could get away with it, how much of it was because he saw his dad do it. Um, so, yeah, just overall, not a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to his parenting of Harry, which is much worse. Um, Vernon never wanted to take Harry in in the first place. And while I was, like, thinking about this, I wondered how... I wonder how that conversation went with Petunia because it's kind of unclear how much Vernon knows because when we see the letter come through in Order of the Phoenix with, like, remember my last Petunia, I think, like, Vernon says something like, what is what is that about? Mm. Like, was that for you? Who was that? What's going on? So it seems as though, like, Petunia definitely held some back from Vernon. Um, I think she was ashamed of her, like, past. Um, Like, granted, we're kind of unclear in general about, like, what Dumbledore was referring to in that. Like, what kind of, like, what was the thing that motivated Petunia to, like, go through with what Dumbledore was asking. It kind of seems like Dumbledore has something, like, holding, like, held over her. Um... So, yeah, it's just, like, super unclear what Vernon knows about that situation. I do want to just, uh, like, I guess correct myself earlier because I, we, I said that, like, we never see Petunia stand up for to Vernon. But, mm-hmm. like, um, I guess this is a situation where we kind of assume that she did. Like, because. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like, Vernon never wanted to take Harry in. So. Yeah, and so, like, I wonder not only, like, what Dumbledore had over Petunia to convince Petunia to take Harry in, but I wonder, like, what Petunia told Vernon if it wasn't the truth to convince him to take Harry in. Um, And I don't know if it was just kind of like, you know, as much as we didn't like my sister and my sister's husband, like, he's our nephew. Like, Mm -hmm. where else is he going to go? Like, I don't, I could see, like, I don't know. I would definitely be interested as to what went along there and how not only was Petunia convinced, but how Petunia convinced Vernon uh-huh. as well. Definitely. Um, and then, like, another thing with that is, like, so Harry started getting the letters to Hogwarts and the Dursley did everything in their possible, everything in their power to not have Harry get the letters and go to Hogwarts. And I think we've probably discussed this in the past, but like, that seems like kind of counterintuitive. Like they don't like Harry. And like, I get that the reason is is, like, they don't want another like wizard in the family. But like, if you really hate Harry that much and like, you complain about him being around all the time, like, wouldn't they not want Harry to go to Hogwarts and be gone, like, nine to ten months out of the year? Mm-hmm. And even ends up being more with how much he spends at the Weasleys over yeah. the summer. Um, so they're, like, I mean, obviously it's because they hate magic so much. But I don't know how, like, real, how logical of a reason that really is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Audrey talked about his, like, lack of empathy and, like, trouble showing emotion. He obviously, like, never showed any affection or emotion or love towards Harry. Um, 
especially while he was like living full-time in the house he was like treated as a servant Mm -hmm. it's like what's a vibe we get from the very beginning of the book um he was like never shown any love they never showed any compassion towards him he was seen as an inconvenience in every situation um and yeah they just like were very abusive towards harry and I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it's, like, a miracle that Harry turned out the way that he did and not some, like, messed up, you know, I don't want to say crazy, because, like, that's definitely not, like, a great word to use, but, you know, like, basically, like, not okay person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, definitely different parenting styles to the two boys living in the house but I do think that an argument could be made that like both of them suffered greatly by being parented by Vernon quote-unquote parented in Harry's case yeah I agree not good on either front no um okay so next up I thought it would be fun to speculate on Vernon's Hogwarts house which is counterintuitive because like obviously he did not go to Hogwarts and would never go to Hogwarts and wouldn't want to go to Hogwarts but um we do this with like characters that are wizards who didn't go to Hogwarts and we also do this with ourselves so like why not speculate on Vernon so first up is Hufflepuff and I know I did mention earlier like that he's very loyal to his family but I just like no is the only note I have it's just no like he's not a Hufflepuff um I feel like yeah you can talk about loyalty but like kindness and he is not a kind person so it's pretty straightforward um okay so then for other contenders Gryffindor um he's kind of brutish which is kind of like a stereotype that we have for Gryffindors and also he definitely believes in chivalry in like the sexist way I think like I talked about earlier but this is like patriarchal thing and like obviously I know that like not all Gryffindors are like these super macho men but like I think if you like had to put that classification on any house like Gryffindor would be kind of the like toxic masculinity like patriarchal house um obviously not all Gryffindors I mean like Hermione like she's great um but I think that like kind of part of him could maybe fit into Gryffindor and also I found this thing on Tumblr the user Hogwarts welcomes you, um, said, quote, this man is similar to Dudley. No ambition, wit, intelligence, kindness, loyalty, or real traits that fit into Hogwarts houses. The only house he could possibly fit into is Gryffindor, purely because he has the nerve to be a toad to Harry and anyone else who is different. So, I mean, like, that's not a bad argument. I think maybe in this case with Vernon, you could convince me that, like, Gryffindor is the default house because he's not ambitious, like, witty, or kind. Like, you know, we always <laughs> talk about Hufflepuff as the default house, but I just went over my summary for Hufflepuff, which is just no. Like, you can't be a Hufflepuff. So, I could buy the Gryffindor argument. I think this, this Tumblr user makes a decent, a decent argument for it. Uh, and then Ravenclaw, like, I don't know if it requires intelligence to work at, oh, I smell things, but at Grunnings, um, (laughs) but, like, he's the director of the company, which I guess sounds like you might need to know something, but also, like, doesn't, it's not a job that it seems like requires a lot of creativity, he's certainly not a creative person, although, like, the Hot on the Rock was a creative solution, uh, in desperate times, (laughs) But I also don't think he really values education because, like, when he talks about smell things for uh, Dudley, he's, like, just talking about, like, I don't know, the great, like, culture and, like, Dudley getting to beat people up and stuff. Like, he's not talking about the education. And, like, he wants to send 
Harry to school to, like, make him stop acting out. Like, he sees school as, like, an extension of authority and not as, like, education and the values of that. So, like, I don't think you can convince me I'm right <laughs> Um, Slytherin... I mean, I don't see ambition. I feel like, although I will say he was director of, of Grunnings at a young age, um, but he doesn't seem ambitious to me. Like, it's more so like he wants to blend in. And, like, his success, he wants success because, like, that allows him to not stick out. But, like, he doesn't want, like, uber success. Like, I think he's happy with, like, his kind of cookie-cutter house in the suburbs, like... Yeah, he's the director of Grunnings, but, like, it's kind of a run-of-the-mill job. It's not anything super noteworthy, super, like, huge achievement. Like, he doesn't want to stand out, and usually people with a lot of ambition are not afraid of standing out because, like, that success that comes with your drive for, like, your ambition and your drive for it, like, causes you to stand out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like with his ambition, like, I feel like with Slytherins, it's a lot of times presented as like internal ambition I feel like with Vernon it's like external ambition in a way it's like he wants to like succeed because that will make him look good in society Mm. and like that's what he feels like he has to do whether like as opposed to like I want to succeed because I want to succeed Mm. yeah you know what I mean yeah no that makes sense I will say though he was pretty pumped about his fake lawn award so like that is true. He does want to stand out and succeed in that sense. So maybe he that's wants invasion. to stand out by being so cookie cutter. Yeah. <laughs> um, another potentially slithering trait, like he is fiercely protective over his family, not including Harry, but <laughs> over Dudley and Petunia and even Marge. Like Slytherins defend their own, and he is very protective over those three people. Even though, like Katie just talked about with Dudley, like he didn't always act with Dudley's best interests in mind, um, but I think he thought that he was. Um, Somebody on the internet also pointed out, this is what I was hinting at earlier, that, like, his pretentiousness slash, like, anti-wizard, anti-magic, like, viewpoint is, like, the other side of the same coin as blood purity. So this is what I was talking about with, like, Umbridge earlier, and that, like, both of them are coming from, like, the same, like, sort of dislike of the other and, like, pretentiousness, snobbishness that, like, this isn't a Slytherin trait, but obviously it kind of is ingrained into Slytherin house in some ways. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, even though, like, it's counterintuitive and it's, like, totally opposite because he's a muggle that hates wizards and they're wizards that hate muggles, but, like, it is kind of the same logic. Um, yeah. And that, like, it's weird because he has more in common with maybe, like, the Malfoys than he does with the Weasleys because of that. Yeah. Um, even though, like, the Weasleys are would, are more accepting of him. And, like, the Malfoys would actively, like, try to kill him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this also isn't a canonical Slytherin trait, but, like, I feel like the Slytherins, out of all the houses, would be into the idea of, like, authority and, you know, like, enjoying authority and enjoying, like, rule and power over people. And, like, I don't think that's, like, a super, like, clean-cut Slytherin trait, but I do think that, like, it would kind of fit with the ideals of the house. Um, however, like after saying all this, like, he's really not cunning, he's not sly, like, he doesn't have, kind of, like, the good Slytherin traits, even, you know, like, yeah, he does, he does, he's very, like, like I said in Gryffindor, like, he's very brutish, and, like, he's not super, like, intelligent, and I know that's, like, Ravenclaw trait-ish, but, like, Slytherins also you think of as, like, cunning, and that kind of stuff so like I don't know like I don't think like his approach to problems is Slytherin like I think his approach to problems would probably be more Gryffindor like but also like we always talk about like Gryffindors like are like defending like 
honor and I think it's just that his view of honor is different Mm. and like his view of what's right and like what's fair is different but like I don't know I'm very torn between the two but it's not because I think he fits really well in either I just think that he like doesn't really fit in either which I guess is kind of the point in that like (laughs) he's not a wizard um yeah I feel like this is a fun exercise but I don't really know where I come down honestly it might be Gryffindor by default because like he's not kind he's not witty and he's not like cunning slash ambitious yeah yeah I don't know that's definitely tough I feel like I'm not motivated very much to like come up with an opinion yeah just because like it doesn't matter (laughs) you know what I mean yeah no definitely I kind of feel the same way and that like it's interesting to like try to put him in one of these yeah and I think it like makes us think more critically about him but I don't think that like I feel the need to be like Vernon Dursley is a Gryffindor you know like yeah yeah I also kind of just like the idea of putting him in Gryffindor because like Gryffindor always gets all the cool people yeah yeah besides Wormtail I guess all right so for the where are they now section we do know that at least Petunia and I think, by way, also Vernon, like, had a relationship with Dudley and their grandchildren for, like, the rest of their lives. Uh, it's unknown whether he stayed in contact with Harry, but I'm going to go with no. <laughs> um, and then, circling back to my little fun, quote-unquote, tidbit I found. So, in 2015, there's this show in the UK called Top Gear, which I had to look up. Apparently, it's some, like, automotive show. I don't know. Apparently, it's, like, super popular. It's been on for, like, years on the UK. And the host, since it got, like, cause it was, like, a thing in the 70s or whatever and got renewed later. And since it got renewed, the host had always been Jeremy Clarkson. And in 2015, he was fired from his job because he punched a producer on set oh um he also his controversy section on wikipedia very this long. is a real person this is a real okay. person this is a real information in irl information i'm giving you right now um he's also been known to use racist slurs Shocking. um pretty well known yes But he was fired because of this incident, and there was a large backlash to his firing, and it is said that on Twitter, the author has said that Vernon signed the petition to have him stay as host, Mm. um, not be fired, because he's a big Top Gear Jeremy Clarkson fan, apparently. Mm. So shocker probably the least shocking thing i feel like this this is the kind of twitter canon i'm okay with yeah. <laughs> you know like it doesn't change anything yeah. about this series it doesn't matter it seems in line with characters um it's also also on twitter the author said that he would have voted to break like he would have voted in favor of brex- mm, brexit mm-hmm. to leave the uk or not sorry the eu um so again, very in line with what we know about Vernon. I also feel like this is supporting the Slytherin argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was like, I don't know. Again, like fun seems like a weird word to use, but you know. Um, but it's unknown, wrapping up, it's unknown when he died. Um, slash if he's dead timeline-wise, um... We do know that Petunia died pre-2020 because she was dead in Cursed Child, but it's not said whether Vernon is also dead at the time of Cursed Child, from what I understand. Um, But I feel like it probably would have been mentioned if he was. So if I had to guess, I think he was alive during Cursed Child. I mean, if we're saying, like, conservatively, if we're saying he was born, like, let's say, 55, five years older than Lily, so... Mm -hmm four years older than Petunia, which I think is a little low, he would be what, like, oh, five, like, 70-something? Mm-hmm. So, like, definitely plausible that he's alive still. Yeah. As of 2020. Yeah. Too. I agree. 
today's pop quiz the question is is there a moment in the series where you agree with uncle vernon like is there a moment that you like support his antics slash position on something yeah so we got a response on facebook leia said in the very first chapter when he's weirded out by the witches and wizards i too would probably be freaked out if everyone around me started wearing long robes and hats which I mean, is a fair if point. they were white, Vernon may not have been picked <laughs> out. That's what I just thought of. <laughs> um, yikes, but probably true. I would be freaked out. Um, I, I too, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in the, the first chapter, like, he does... Like, he's super judgmental, and, like, honestly, yeah... Sometimes people walk by me in weird outfits on the street, and I'm like, I judge it. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, because we, we know the, like, is, like, we know Vernon at this point, so, like, we know the, like, how how he's, like, judgmental in, like, an extreme bad way, you know, like. Yes. He's not just, I, like, I just am, like, what is that person doing? Like, it's not harmful. Yes. I, too, am very judgmental. I know that about myself, but I feel like I don't normally let those judgments, like, affect my perception of the person I'm judging, if that makes sense. Like, I would still be open-minded to them being, like, a kind and cool person, but I can still judge what they're wearing, if that, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, So, I think... I don't know. I guess I, like, kind of agree with him for freaking out when Marge blew up. Like, mm. that's pretty traumatizing to see your Oh, wait. We got two more answers on Facebook. Up. Wait, Sorry. did we really? Yeah. They came through at, like, I just reloaded the page. Oh. Okay. Hang on. I'm reloading. Do, 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 do. Oh. <laughs> Anne said, nope, he's almost as bad as Snape when it comes to Harry. And Linda said, can't think of one. <laughs> um, okay, I guess those are good things about your mom's side of the family. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, don't, I was saying, like, I guess I agree with him for, like, kind of freaking out when Marge, like, literally blew up. I mean... I still think he should have been, like, an adult and not chased Harry out of the house because Harry's a 13-year-old. But, like, I also would overreact in that situation. <laughs> I feel I just like don't it's not even an overreaction. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I would react in the same way, but I would probably react to the same level of yeah. panic and anger. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think I would direct it at Harry. Uh yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I can't really think of anything. Else. Okay, so the moment I had in mind when I came up with this pop quiz question where I am, like, fully in support of Petunia and Vernon is when the Weasleys blow up their <laughs> living room and then their son's tongue grows to be, like, six, six feet long or yeah. however long it gets to be. He's literally choking to death on it. Yeah. I feel like me personally would also be very upset about that if that were to happen to me yeah i feel like that's reasonable i feel like it's reasonable to freak out about that yeah that's fair <laughs> granted like throwing things at arthur <laughs> may not have been my move but voices would have been raised <laughs> voices would have been raised yeah yeah. I can't think of another one. Hmm. I would also have been upset about the diet that Petunia put them all on yeah, in order for Phoenix. <laughs> um, not only is a half a grapefruit not enough for breakfast, grapefruit's also nasty. <laughs> Calling it like the salad rabbit food. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I can think of. I know, I feel like the owls surrounding the house, I would also be, like, a little freaked out about. Yeah. Owls are very large. But I wouldn't large. have tried to, like, destroy the first letter, letter. you know? like Yeah, a, so, like, you wouldn't have come yeah. to that. Um, if anybody is intimately uh, 
what is the word I'm looking for? Knowledgeable about the like uh, staircase documentary, like the true crime documentary. Um, the leading theory that if Michael Peterson did not kill his wife was that an owl attacked her and she fell down the stairs because of that because there was a known like rogue owl in the area huh. um around the time that she died so again dangerous oh <laughs> uh, okay cool <laughs> um yeah i'm not gonna say that we release our episodes every other tuesday because i don't know when this is getting released <laughs> but this will if I have anything to do with it, it'll either be post the late Tuesday or Wednesday. So not too bad. Yeah. We try to release episodes to every guess. two weeks. Um, and yeah, the best way to know when an episode is released is to just subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because it'll just show up in your feed and it's like magic. It's like magic. <laughs> I love magic. Harry. <laughs> um, um, you can follow us on social media. We are Wizard Studies Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can join our Facebook group at Wizard Studies Podcast Group. And if you want an extra episode a month, normally every month, <laughs> you can become a patron of ours if you go to patreon.com slash Wizard Studies Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rot. Right.